Back Beyonders to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host. I'm here with co-host Dan, and we have a special guest with us today, Mr. Michael O'Brien from Chaosium. Michael, we are so happy to have you here. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me on. So what our listeners don't know is that this is the second time we've tried to record this. Uh, the first time, I think we stress-tested uh, our our software's ability to record from around the world. And unfortunately, it didn't go as well as we had planned. But we are fortunate that Michael O'Brien is making his annual, I'm assuming it's annual, annual pilgrimage to Indianapolis to Gen Con. And we caught him while he is in the United States. So we're very fortunate to have you here on our side of the world to talk about uh, graveyards of Arkham and all of that. So, yeah, we're very excited to have you here. Great. Yeah, um, yeah. the last time we tried this, I was on the other side of the Pacific. Exactly. I was yeah. on the remote Philippines island of Palawan, and we really tested their internet capacity to the limit, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I'm in LA this time, so hopefully it's going to work just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we get to talking about Graveyards of Arkham, we're really excited about that because uh, it's just launched in Kickstarter about a week ago. And uh, we are very excited to get into what this means, especially as Bookshops of Arkham was so successful. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, let's get into Geek Week. Dan, why don't you kick us off? Uh, yeah, I've been adding quite a bit to my Geek Week since we uh, last, last met. Um, I'm just going to hit a couple of tip-top points, though. I was able to travel to Las Vegas to celebrate uh, a major milestone birthday with a member of my family, my brother, who has uh, um, uh, been on the podcast before. And uh, one of the one of the events of several was uh, we played Shadows of Brimstone by uh, Flying Frog Inc. Games. This is a, a Western meets monsters kind of Cthulhu-y. Um, it's a dungeon crawler with a randomization element. So the dungeons are not the same every time. It's not like you're flipping to chapter three and putting that, that dungeon. It has some randomization elements for bad guys and level of difficulty. And, um, all of the archetypes for this particular version of the game are all standard. You got your gambler and your, your outlaw and your rancher and, you know, um, it's a fantastic game, and um, the minis are a lot of fun. Uh, they're well done, and they're great great to paint. Sometimes aliens show up to fight you as well. So um, if you're looking for a different kind of dungeon crawler and you want to get out of fantasy, but you still want to have some edge to it, um, Shadows of Brimstone has a lot of ways to get into it. A lot of their expansions now are just basically a standalone game that can also act as an expansion to an older core game. So... We had a great time. We played with very old friends. This is the same gaming group we'd been uh, hanging out since high school. And uh, it was fantastic to get the old gang back together. Um, I did also play uh, a round of Marvel United by Simon. Um, just always a fun game. We played with uh, uh, my friend, my buddy and I. We had, uh, we had a couple of 10-year-olds and a 7-year-old. And that's a really fun game to get into the superhero fun without it becoming so oppressive and ticky tacky. And it's great to plow through kind of a game that's really crunchy for the seven and 11 year olds and just fun enough for us old guys to really enjoy it. And then it's over real fast, which, which I also like about that game. It doesn't drag itself on into the evening, but uh, 
uh, two thumbs up for Marvel United um, and and had a had a good time with that. So that was my Geek Week. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. So that Shadows of Brimstone is it like Descent kind of? Yeah, yeah. With okay. randomized maps um, yeah, okay. and randomized uh, things that you collect along the way, and sometimes they're randomized missions too. It just depends. So it's never really the same twice, which is one of the the values of that design concept. I know. If you were playing, I don't know, Gloomhaven, I'm not, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be the, you know, it wouldn't be as random as maybe Shadows of Brimstone. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of products. They've got alien products and sword and sorcery stuff. Uh, Flying Frog has just a really robust uh, catalog of stuff that um, can suit your fancy. But we, we like the cowboy style. It was great. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, Michael, you had given us your Geek Week once before, but we're going to ask for it again. How is your Geek Week? Well, I mean, I'm having the geekiest week you can have because I'm on my way to Gen Con. Yeah, yeah that's right. Can't do more geekier than that. And I had a really great time. I went, I live in Australia. I live in Melbourne, Australia. And there are various ways you can get across the Pacific. But uh, this time I went via Manila in the Philippines. And we actually had a fan event there for tabletop role-playing gamers. And we ran a whole lot of Chaosium games. Uh, so we had a, it was in a local cafe. There was probably about 50 attendees. Wow. I did, uh, with my colleague Andrew, who's our convention coordinator for Australia, Pacific, New Zealand area, we did two talks. We did one talk called Done With The Dungeon. Actually, that's got a question mark on the end of it. Done With The Dungeon? What can you play next? Because, you know, a lot of people have played in Philippines and played 5e or D&D and they're looking mm -hmm. to see what else they can they can play. And then the next talk we did was The Cool of Cthulhu, Why Cthulhu is Cool. Awesome. And then <laughs> after that we had two two-hour sessions of games and we played uh, RuneQuest, Call of Cthulhu and Pendragon and Rivers of London, which are all published by Chaosium. And then after yeah. that, the organizers took Andrew and I out to a really cool bar where we tried Filipino delicacies. And now, are these delicacies where, you know, like to maybe, you know, the average white person, like they're not very good at all, but like to the Filipino, they're delicious? Well, I, I thought they were delicious. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Um, maybe the problem was in the translation, even though they do speak very good English there, but a couple of times Andrew and I went out to dinner and we thought we'd just like to order a nice veg vegetable dish to go with our other things. They, they serve a lot of pork there. Yeah. And, uh, both times we ordered a vegetarian dish. I had to say to Andrew, what are those bits on the vegetarian dish? And it was pork. And on the other <laughs> one, it was beef. So maybe there was a problem with translation. I don't know, but. No, we really enjoyed the food there, and the people there are wonderful. Yeah. It was a fantastic event. And, uh, oh, I was very excited because uh, one of the organizers who came to pick us up uh, also pointed out that he has won two Emmy Awards. So there you go. Oh, wow. That's serious business. That's a real yeah, no that's double that's gamer like... cred for permanence. That's it. So that was a great event. And I don't know, maybe next time we'll, we'll go to uh, – Gen Con via somewhere else. We're going to do this again. 
That's right. That's right. Well, if you ever if you ever do Gen Con via Washington DC near where we're at, like we'll be the first on the list. Okay. Well, you know we can we can work. Say you. There's various ways you can get to Gen Con. That's right. Exactly. The the short way. I think in Australia it's about six and one half dozen to the other to get to Washington (laughs) DC. Just just pointing that out. Uh, And I have done both ways. Okay. If I go via the other way, I go via Abu Dhabi in the Middle yeah, East, yeah. where wow. I actually lived for 10 years. Fantastic. And actually, last year, actually, last year before Gen Con, I went and did a similar event in Abu Dhabi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it. So there you go. That's you're, just a, a, you're a planetary gamer, Michael. That's right. The planet is your oyster. You, well, you're, an elder, you're one of the elder gods of gaming. That's what there it you is. Go. <laughs> Well, Chaosium, the company that uh, I'm, I'm one of the part owners of, uh, we say the sun never rises on Chaosium because there's always somebody somewhere around the world in our company who's plugging away on their computer in the dark. That's great. That's great. Yeah. We wouldn't want the sun to rise on any of Chaosium. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So we have people in uh, the United States, obviously, where the company started and in Australia and in Germany and Spain and Poland and a few other places, and the United Kingdom and a few other places besides. Well, I want to, I want to actually pull the thread on, on one of the things that you said, um, which is your, your convention talk of done with the dungeon, right. With the question mark. Um, uh, you know, there was the whole OGL, you know, 5e OGL issue that kind of came out with Wizards and, and Hasbro and all that. And, I mean, that's been talked about to death. But one of the things that I noticed, because, um, I, you know, we follow you on Twitter and on other social media and stuff like that, it seems like you guys were having a hard time keeping products on the shelf uh, during that time. Uh, like yeah, the starter yeah. sets were, like, going flying like hotcakes is what we say here in the United States, right? They're flying yep. off the shelves like hotcakes, and um, and I think that's such a great opportunity because we here at Tabletop and Beyond we love we love trying all sorts of systems, and you know just we we enjoy you know the percentile dice systems, we enjoy D sixes, we enjoy D twenties, like we play a lot of them, and all of them have their pluses and minuses. But uh, you know, I when we had Mike Mason on the show about a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I told him, I said, you guys got to be losing money on your starter sets because they're such an amazing value and they come for like such a cheap price. Like I, I can't think of a better way to get in gaming. And I think people took advantage of it during that whole OGL thing. Yeah. Um, our starter sets are really good value. They're like twenty nine ninety nine, I think. Uh, we've yeah. just released the uh, Pendragon starter set that just mm-hmm. came out uh, earlier this year. And it's another great value product. And I guess we hope that you buy this and you try out the game and you really like it. And then maybe you'll buy. There you go. This, That's it. This Pendragon starter set right here. Super. Yeah. Yeah. I got I, I still have to crack it open, but I have it. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm excited the, about it. My, my colleague, Rick, who is the president of our company, is a collector extraordinaire. And he has a number of things at home which are mint in the shrink, which he... Uh, you know, he's reluctant to open. Whereas uh, last year, I my, my wife uh, is the board games editor for Chaosium. And we're going to be bringing okay. out uh, a game called Dragon Pass, which um, Greg Stafford 
first published when the company was founded in 1975. It's going to be the 50th anniversary of that game in wow, 2025. So we're going to do a new wow, edition of it. Yeah, that's and exciting. She needed to do some play testing and things because we're we're going to essentially bring out the 1982 version, which was kind of all the corrected one from mm -hmm. the 75 when it looks really cool but she wanted to just try it all out and make sure it was all good and everything so i managed to buy a mint in the shrink copy of it from 1982 totally unpunched oh wow and she punched it all because she was doing play testing with it and <laughs> I made sure because I knew this would really uh, uh, create some interest. I, I shared photographs of that on online and all these people going, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was happy to see Chaosium's success uh, as, you know, like people were, I, I mean, I, I don't ever want to disparage gaming companies because everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. But I do feel like a lot of people get into the hobby through, um, you know, D and D or Five E or something like that because it's it's probably the most popular um, uh, RPG right now um, in terms of you know that's in the media and all that stuff. And so you got a lot of newcomers that are coming in there. But man, just having them wake up a little bit and be like, oh my goodness, there's other systems out there that are fantastic you know and i think great for other reasons um one of the one of the uh uh things that i did um a couple of weeks ago i talked about this on the podcast is um i was changing companies and my farewell gift to my company that only there there was uh it only has about eight people in the company and, and i think about six of them were able to stick around for a party my farewell gift uh farewell gift to them was i ran a session of call of cthulhu for them Oh, right. I said, um, you're, you know, and, and I would say six or, or four out of the six had never played an RPG before ever, ever. Wow. And I ran, um, I ran, um, the, uh, dead man stomp, which mm -hmm. is great from, you know, from oh, the yeah. starter set. It's such a great set. I mean, I I've run that thing probably three or four times now, but for brand new players, it's such an amazing adventure. Oh, and a punch. Yeah, and they um they had so much fun with it that they um uh they they commented afterwards and they said we thought we were gonna run D and D because I, I told them I was kind of going back and forth between a D and D game just to kind of give them a D and D game you know mm -hmm. and um I decided on Cthulhu just because I think it's a like the adventure that I had there was just more fun and they said that they were able to get into it more because it was 1920s. And they were able to relate to that world rather than a forgotten realm setting or yeah. something where, yeah, you know, so yeah, exactly. And, hey, and so there it was easy for them to figure out what was weird mm -hmm. and what was not normal versus being, you know, seeing a magic giant walking past them. And that's supposed to be normal in D and D. Right. So, sure. Um, hey, so I, I can t tell you something interesting about dead man stomp. Oh yeah. So, that was written by my very good friend, Mark Morrison, who is another okay. Australian. He's also the author of uh, Horror on the Orient Express. Okay. Um, which is one of our most uh, famous and iconic campaigns. Yeah. And he's a big fan of Pendragon. But to get back to Dead Man's Stomp, he wrote that in like uh, 1985. I've known Mark since 1985. 
Yeah. And I played Dead Man Stomp for the first time earlier this year. <laughs> for the first time? Yep. Oh, that's too funny. And that's it, too funny. Yeah, it, it really does pack a punch. That's oh, it. so much fun. It, it It's just... When you get to the end scene and the graveyard and stuff like that, you know, like we had we had dudes who stole a truck and they were just trying to race to the graveyard and they're just like roll into this thing, like running over headstones. They don't care. They're just trying. You know what I mean? And the scene was just absolutely amazing as, you know, it was unfolding. So um, well, it's, it's, it's such a well-written adventure. So another great uh, scenario for newcomers is one yeah. called the Necropolis, which is in our uh, recent collection called Gateways to Terror. That's okay. in an Egyptian tomb, and if you've seen that movie, The Mummy, you just get it straight away. One of the great things about that scenario is the player characters in that are just archetypes. So there's the uh, professor of hieroglyphics, there's the archaeologist, there's the mm. soldier of fortune, and there are two spare characters in case you end up having six players instead of four. Yeah. And one of them is the foreman. So that's a bit like Sulla, you know, from uh, yeah. Indiana, Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the other one's the plucky kid. And that's got to be short round. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I don't tell anybody this. When I'm GMing that game, Yeah. I'm never going to kill short round. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Cthulhu is a very deadly game, but I am yeah. not killing short round. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> mojo. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, someone, uh, someone has to live and tell the story into their old age, and we know exactly. Who it is. And that's right. It'll be short round if I'm running that game. <laughs> well, uh, we love all. Like I, I have loved every um, Cthulhu product that um, I have gotten from Chaosium. It's always been high quality. Um, and of course, there's the Mis Miskatonic uh, library of, of uh, uh, community created um, adventures. Yep, Miskatonic and, repository. Yep. Miskatonic repository. Yep. Thank you. Um, Miskatonic repository. And like, there's a lot of really great stuff. Any award winning stuff that's in there, too, that, oh, yeah. um, you know, is, is an amazing thing. So um, you guys should all check it out at chaosium.com and drive through RPG is where you can get a lot of the. Uh, PDFs for it, um, especially for the Miskatonic repository. Yep. So, um, yeah, check it out there. But uh, I think we've got a little bit of time for some news, Dan, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yes, absolutely. Let's just jump in real quick. Um, voting has closed, but for those who are interested, the 2023 uh, any nominations have been announced. Um, we did want to mention because... Uh, Michael is here that Chaosium received four nominations for Ennies to be announced at Gen Con. Uh, Rivers of London, the role-playing game, is, has been nominated for Best Rules and Product of the Year, which yep. is a big deal. Um, and the Call of Cthulhu Bookshops of Arkham, which we're going to talk about tonight, has been nominated for Best Podcast. And, of course, Host and Hostility, Three Regency, Call of Cthulhu Scenarios, Miskatonic Repository, has also been nominated for Best Electronic Book. There's a lot of nominations, but because Michael's here tonight, we're putting our thumb on the scale of Chaosium. Yeah. <laughs> no, thumbs up, but we're putting our thumb, yeah, on the uh, thumb on the scale. There, I better do it like that. We're no, not we thumbs down in yeah, Chaosium. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> So we, exactly. we wish you guys uh, four for four. And I'm sure for our listeners who may not be familiar with the Ennies or may have not gone to Gen Con, 
Um, if you go to any-awards, E-N-N-I-E-awards.com, you should be able to find a really great list of fascinating products. Um, there's a lot of nominees across a lot of subjects. And I tend to use that nominees list to point my my nose in the direction of where what cool things are, are out there to, to get interested in. So uh, it's a great thing. And if anybody on the podcast is going to uh, Gen Con, uh, they do uh, have an award ceremony in the Crown Plaza Union Station Grand Hall. It is a Grand Hall. We finally went in. We've been going to Gen Con for years. We never made our way over to the Grand Hall, but it really is a good place for our awards. Gorgeous. Oh, it's it's gaming's night of nights. It's like the Academy Awards. Except and, uh, the dress. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid the dress code it doesn't. <laughs> Really right, it doesn't quite live up to the hype. Yeah. Really, yeah, really. I'm sure. I'm sure the red carpet. There's, there's a, there's a few less ladies in gowns. Let me just say that. Yeah. Not that there are zero. Not that there are zero, but maybe one or two less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another fun piece of news is a Simon signed a deal with Marvel to produce licensed, licensed accessories for uh, the Marvel Universe role playing game, which is coming out. And we know Simon uh, always does a great job. They, they, they hold themselves to really high standard on their sculpts. It's in their name, cool mini or not, C M O N, and uh, they're going to be putting out different. Uh, toolkits for the the game's D616 system. So um, keep a lookout for those. There were multiple announcements regarding the Marvel um, uh, RPG that had uh, from uh, just from San Diego Comic-Con just a, a few weeks ago. So uh, keep an eye out for those products. Those should be uh, interesting and fun and cool. A D616 system is the worst system you could run. That's a big dot. That's a lot it's of huge. <laughs> this big. Big as my head. I think I don't think that's what it is. I think it's 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 <laughs> I think it's essentially a 2D6 system. So yeah. um, anyway, nonetheless, th that's the news, and I'll hand it back to Justin. Uh well, you know, I, I do want to give the opportunity to Michael here that if there's any chaosium news that might be coming up in the next week that I don't know you might want to just give oh, us a I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, I can't give you a scoop I could have given you a scoop if we'd been talking when I was back in the Philippines drats <laughs> <laughs> but the news is already out but I'm going to tell you anyway great yeah, tell us we just announced that we are going to be doing a board game version of horror on the Orient Express Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, so the Horror on the Orient Express is our classic campaign, uh, mm -hmm. where you go on the Orient Express and yeah. horrible things happen. And <laughs> we're going to have a board game version of that. It's being designed by uh, two very well-known Polish board game designers. Okay. Um, and. The idea is we're actually going to be doing the game uh, on Kickstarter next year, and then wow. it will be fulfilled um, in early 2025 is the plan. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. We'll and have to look out for that. Yeah. So uh, the designers are Adam Kwapinski, who uh, is known for doing Nemesis and Frostpunk. Wow. And Ooh, look, uh, look at that art right there. That's some pretty sweet yeah, art. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. And uh, Michael Golubowski, who did uh, Destinies, is also okay. the co-designer co of that. And I 
at ChaosiumCon earlier this year did actually play like a earlier prototype of the game. Yeah. And it is a load of fun. One of the coolest parts of it is it actually has a train with all the carriages on the board. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks cool. really cool. And I know they've been doing some more work on it since then. And at Gen Con, they're going to be doing demos of it oh. where, you, where, where people can just come and play it. And I know they put that announcement up just after we did this announcement you're showing off here up on the Gen Con website. And I think by the time I posted the news to say, hey, you can play this at Gen Con, I think there was one slot left. <laughs> well, okay. All right. So, so Michael, you're going to need to get us in. Like, you know, like. Yep. Well, we'll just have to add an extra I feel like we know a guy. Yeah, yeah, you do know a guy. I'll have to add an extra carriage on the end of the train. There you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so they'll be be at Gen Con. Actually, I'm not sure if they're coming, but uh, some other members of the team will be there. And they'll be demoing the game and actually getting feedback because this is still a prototype. Yeah. And uh, the idea is that the game will be out in, as I said, in 2025. Um, that that's probably been our biggest announcement this year. Yeah, that's great. We sort of cut across just not just tabletop RPGs, but also uh, board games here. So there's a really good nexus of the two, and yeah. uh, we're very excited about it, particularly as we have such talented uh, designers involved in creating the game. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Nemesis is a fantastic game. Um, I've played that multiple times actually. And, um, I haven't, I haven't played Frostpunk, but it's like on my top 10 list of games I need to play Mm -hmm. like soon, you know, just because I've heard a lot of good things about it and destinies is on there too. So I love that it's a cooperative game on a doom train. Like I I think it's, uh, it's going to be a winner there. Like it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, Chaosium created a game a long time ago called Arkham Horror, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes. Yeah, we played that multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so we're parents. hoping this will be this. We're hoping this will be an Arkham Horror type experience. Okay. Oh, great. And as and as big and lasting a game. So Arkham Horror um, is no, is no longer published by Chaosium. Yeah, it's uh, Fantasy um, Flight now, isn't it? Yeah, so Chaosium uh, sold that to Fantasy Flight um, mm-hmm. some time ago. But it still yeah. has the connection back to Call of Cthulhu, and uh, we still work with Fantasy Flight on on how that game goes. Awesome. Very good, very good. Well, um, we like I said, we love all things Chaosium. Uh, you know, we played uh, Rune uh, RuneQuest uh, not too long ago for the very first time and, and cool. had a great time, and... Um, we, like I said, we've got Pendragon here that I need to break out with everybody. And of course we've done a lot of Cthulhu and, um, but have you ever what played we Pendragon to, before? I have never played Pendragon before, so I'm so really excited about it. The, what, what it has in it, just like our, uh, RuneQuest starter set and our Call of Cthulhu starter set is it has a solo scenario at the start, which actually teaches you the rules and sort of introduces you to the setting as you do the solo scenario and, that just uh, is a really good way to learn about the game. It's better think, than trying to just read the rule book. Oh, 100%. I think it's the best. I think it's what sets Chaosium apart as one of the best RPG providers out there. 
is the solo quest in their starter in their I mean it's chef's kiss like it's it's they're like amazing right I um I I learned to play rune quest from that uh from that solo campaign and then was able to successfully run the scenario that we had because rune quest is a little crunchy right you've got you know the way you that you track hits yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's hilariously, I think it was our very first encounter that we had. One of our guys um, swung and had an epic fail on his swing, and I, the dude, had an epic parry as well, and it just completely <laughs> snapped his sword in two. Right? <laughs> like, boom! Very first swing of the very first encounter, and everybody's like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't D and D, guys!" <laughs> like. <laughs> No, no, and and I think one of the coolest things about RuneQuest is combat is deadly, and yeah. you know you take it seriously. So that means it's a game where you don't necessarily solve all your problems with combat. There are other oh, yeah. ways to do it, um, and also the great thing about combat is that uh, you know it's not RuneQuest if someone doesn't lose a leg at some right time. exactly one hundred percent. Um, but my point was, is that I had never played a RuneQuest game before. I, I didn't know anything about it, but going through that solo, um, absolutely prepared me for it. So I'm really looking forward to pulling out that Pendragon solo campaign and playing that as I learn yeah. as I learn the rules. Yeah, it's super good. Uh, I, I highly recommend it to everybody. We had, um, we had, um, uh, the, the author of Zweihander on here. Um, and he, um, Daniel Fox, and I told him, I said, listen, if you ever do an update to your Zweihander starter set, you need to take a page from Chaosium and do a solo campaign in there because they're just so valuable. And, and the way that you go through of like, okay, you know, like roll for this stat, roll for that stat. This is what this does. You know what I mean? Like it's just teaches you the games you play it. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. learning by doing. Yeah. Which is the best way, you know, so especially with an RPG. But, um, yeah, like we, uh, like I said, we love all things Chaosium. And um, one of the things that came out earlier this year was the bookshops of Arkham. And it was so successful that you guys have decided to start a new Kickstarter uh, for a, I'm going to say it's a sequel, but it's like an anthology sequel, right? Yeah. Meaning that it's not um, based on the same characters, uh, it's you know takes place obviously in the same universe and um, it's just kind of a different story with uh, all new characters. But we actually have uh, your Kickstarter video primed up, and so I'm going to play this because I think it's a great uh, great point to um, yep. start us talking Narr about. Narrated so, by Mark Mia, our keeper. Yep. Yeah, and our forever commander Shepard. Right. That's him. So <laughs> I just finished Mass Effect One again. I just replayed it and finished it like last week. So I have his voice in my head without the pod, without the show. So let it roll. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to insert yeah, my, my, my two cents. Yeah. Name dropping Commander Shepard. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we like Mark <laughs> a lot. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Arkham, Massachusetts. A sleepy town nestled on the banks of the Miskatonic River. To the untrained eye, just another town in New England. But to those who know better, Arkham is witch-cursed and legend-haunted. 
The secrets that lie behind closed doors are only uncovered by the most brave investigators or foolhardy everyday folk who find themselves where they do not belong. I'm Mark Meir, and this is Graveyards of Arkham, the next in the anthology series of Chaosium's blockbuster Call of Cthulhu actual play. Graveyards of Arkham will feature me returning as your keeper of arcane lore. But as we know, a keeper is nothing without their players, and we have more than a few exciting announcements to make in the coming weeks. With your help, we can bring Graveyards of Arkham to life as a six-episode series, streaming on Chaosium's Twitch channel and on YouTube, where it will live on until even death may die. When you support this project, not only are you helping fund the production costs of an epic blockbuster actual play, but you'll also receive a care package of Call of Cthulhu role-playing rewards that are sure to help you and your friends fight back the darkness. No matter what your skill or experience level, there is a pledge that is tailor-made for you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. And thank you for your ongoing fight against the unknown. And remember, wherever you are, do your best to sleep soundly. Okay. Ooh, exciting. Uh, yep. So we have Graveyards of Arkham coming out. Um, walk us through what you kind of... So you're an executive producer on this right now. Mm -hmm. Um uh, Bookshops of Arkham came out. It did. It did pretty well. Um, I think it did. I, I think it did exceptionally well. But um, what? Um, what was? What's driving the next season of the Graveyards of Arkham? Basically. Well, so what happened is uh, with uh, Roll Twenty last mm -hmm. year, we uh, released a series. Um, it was actually. Uh, it's a four and a half part series which i'll talk about in a sec but called bookshops of arkham that was mm -hmm. a critical and popular success so many people watched it and said this is the best actual play i've ever watched this is the best call of cthulhu actual play this is the best of any ttrpg i've ever watched we got mm -hmm. so many comments like that it made us think and, I, and I'll, I'll second that like i said uh, i think before i just finished it recently and I was just blown away. I normally don't like actual play podcast or like podcasts, mm -hmm. um, just because I, I feel like they're a little cheesy. Sometimes they're a little contrived. They're a little forced, um, you know, because people are sort of doing it in front of the camera. But this was so 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 good. And there were times when I'm just like riveted. I couldn't I couldn't pull myself away from it, you know. And I yep. and you know, there's other great actual play ones out there that um, we won't really name, but um, but I think this one this is fantastic. I mean, up there yeah. is the best one. No, it 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 really was fantastic. So that was um, that was a production we did with Roll Twenty, mm -hmm. and uh, also with a production company called D Four, and. Um, this was shot over a number of days, and it was shot in Georgia at a haunted house attraction. Oh, man. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And 
uh, I think that it, it pushed the envelope of actual play in some interesting directions. Uh, one of the things is, I mean, you saw that the setting and the costumes and everything were really, really well done. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think another th really interesting feature was uh, often in an actual play, you know, you have the keeper or the GM and yeah. uh, when a non-player character comes on, well, they'll be the non-player character and say what the non-player character says. What, uh, what, what was done in bookshops of Arkham is quite often instead a guest player would come in and sit down and be that non-player character. There was a point on that show where um, they went to go meet with a bookbinder, yep. uh, Joseph Norris, and that guy who played that NPC, like, sucked me in so much. Because it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't just Mark Mir doing the voice of it, right? Like, he was in the moment. Like, and it was compelling. Very compelling. Yeah. And, and so... That's a really fun way to, to do it if uh, if you've got people that you can bring on board to do that. Mm -hmm. And it does lift things to another interesting level. So uh, Bookshops was such a success. And we, uh, we spoke to both Mark Mir and also the creators of it, the writers of it, mm -hmm. um, Belinda Cornish and Darren Normandy, who wrote the original scenario. Um, they were very interested in doing a sequel or another another part or instalment. And so we came up with the concept of Graveyards of Arkham. So we make it an, uh, it's, an it's, it's called an anthological series. So it'll have mm -hmm. some of the same uh, cast in it. It's still going to be set in Arkham, but it's going to be a different story. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the returning actors from the first um, show, Bookshops of Arkham, uh, Lu Lucia Verspril yep. and Patrick Logan. They were phenomenal on there. Like, they, they, were, so well, they all were. And Carlos yeah. Luna and Sage Ryan were awesome as well. Um, we would have actually loved to have uh, Carlos and Sage back too, but um, they had the the time of year that we are going to film this in September uh -huh. they were, they were both unavailable with with other with other work um and Mark Mir is back as the keeper which is really important because he is a phenomenal keeper he really he really is um i encourage anyone watching this who hasn't seen bookshops of arkham to have a look if so so I actually have a question about Mark Mir as keeper. Um, was he a keeper before you guys started filming this, or did you have to do like a, a crash course on how to be? Because I don't disagree with you. He was a phenomenal keeper. He knew how to like keep things going and and really really do well with it. And so I was like, I wonder if he's had experience doing this before because he's really good at it. Yeah, and he he is. He and he does have experience. And he has experience being the GM for other games as well, okay. including 5e and other things. So, and of course, he comes from a theatre background. So, sure, yeah. Um, I think he brings a lot of a lot of skills to the table, shall we say? Yeah. Um, the other thing he did, and this relates back to Bookshops of Arkham. You uh, you noticed before I said it was a four and a half part series. Yes. Yes. And that's because there was a very very serious technical glitch. 
um, which screwed up the recording of one episode. Oh, no. And it ended up that all of the audio for that episode was irrevocably lost. Oh. Okay. And you can't really get the the actors to come in and do pickup of trying to voice oh, no. over two and a half hours <laughs> of extemporary speaking that isn't scripted. It sounds yeah. like a haunting. It does. It does. <laughs> so we thought, what the hell are we going to do here? Because uh, this this is a key part of the show. Yeah. And what we ended up with, and we thought, okay, this is our Hail Mary here. Uh, Belinda, one of the writers, actually wrote a 17-page precy of what happened in that lost episode. Oh. And Mark Mir narrated it. <laughs> now, okay, so hold, so so I noticed when I listened to it, right? Like he he was narrating it, but there was other voices for each of the people. He he didn't do those voices as well, did he? He did all the voices. That's just No, him. he did not. He did. Oh my gosh. So, wow. okay, so that's episode 2.5. Yeah. And okay, we're thinking, okay, well we're probably going to get a lot of criticism. If you look at the comments for that on YouTube, people are saying, this is the best episode. Why don't you do all the episodes like this? Like, like do the film ones, but also do an audio one as well so I can listen to it when I'm driving to work or, or whatever. So well, I, think we, I think we accidentally invented a whole new other actual play art form. I think so. It was, it was very good. And I, I was very confused because I went to episode three after episode two, right? And I'm like, oh, I think I missed some things here. So then I went to the actual playlist and I said, oh, there's an episode 2.5, right? And um, I saw that there was a technical difficulty and all that stuff. And it is a shame that we missed that critical scene that happened in there. I mean, that was like a really cool, I mean, it was like one of the the, the pinnacle moments of of the whole series, right? When they're, they're yeah, 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 yeah. We, that we probably don't want to give away spoilers, but no, yeah, yeah. You're right. But it was you're a pinnacle right. moment. It was, it was. I got to get good. caught up. La 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 yeah. la la la. So, no, it's a pinnacle moment. But um, uh, the 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 point is, is that um, I I thought you guys did a great job of pivoting because, you know, having a catastrophic technical <laughs> glitch like that is like it's crazy and um it's unfortunate to find it after everybody's kind of gone home or or done their thing and you know or or whatever and you're like oh great now what are we gonna do and i i am flabbergasted honestly that mark muir did all of those voices because i thought they were different people i just thought they brought in like other actors like to kind of fill in some dialogue right he's an amazingly talented man wow and so bookshops even with that glitch was a phenomenal success. People yeah. people loved it, saying, we want more. So we thought, how can we do this? Because it is surprisingly expensive <laughs> to, do, uh, to do a show like that. And we thought, well, okay, maybe we could do a Kickstarter and get, like, the community on board with it because so many people love the first one. And if we can put in a whole lot of interesting rewards and stuff for people to get on board with it, so... Uh, we have backer awards where if you are new to Call of Cthulhu, you get a whole lot of uh, Call of Cthulhu products as part of uh, backing. 
And if you are a baked in fan, we've got extra things that uh, have never been seen before. And that includes um, a map of the city of Arkham. That's on the screen there now. So that's Let me, uh, see if I can get a better one. And that that map includes uh, all the locations in Arkham, including the graveyards. Oh, all that. And uh, at the bottom of the map, it has advertisements of local businesses, and they were created by our fiendishly inventive friends at the HP Lovecraft Histori Historical Society. So that they are just so good at creating realistic-looking props. Uh, that's that's like uh, the printed version of it. And yeah. our Kickstarter does include the printed version at various backer levels and also as an add-on. And it includes free postage anywhere in the world in a rolled tube as well. That's amazing. So um, you're talking about the um, advertisements here at the bottom. So here's, here's some of the 1920s-esque, you know, advertisements. Yep. So... Yeah, yeah they're, they're, I, uh... they're, they're really they're really quite amusing, and uh, a second reward we have is we're doing a bookshops of Arkham movie poster, and that's actually being done by an artist called Ossie Heckler, who is uh, that's the cast photo of bookshops of Arkham. Okay, and let me oh, sorry, I meant to say we're doing a graveyards of Arkham movie poster. Uh, let me let me look for it real quick. Okay. And that's being done by Ossie Heckler. If you just go to the story section and scroll down, I think it's it's shown it's shown in there. Um, Ossie is still drawing it, so we can't show you what the movie poster is going to look like. But I've shown an example on the story of the cover of a book that he's currently doing for us. If you just scroll down a little bit further, yeah. is it the Lords of the Middle Sea? Yeah, that's right. So, okay, that's the cover that Ossie is currently doing for our proto-steampunk game set in a post-apocalyptic North America that has been flooded. And you can see there that's a game that involves dirigibles and oil wells and wow, a nun with a machine gun. <laughs> anyway. And she's having a great time, by she, the way. Oh, she is. You know? So that's an example of the awesomeness of what the poster is going to look like. Okay, so he's he is the man doing our poster, and that's going to be, be a, for the for the uh, graveyards of Arkham. In the graveyards of Arkham, it'll have the Very cast cool. on the poster, mm -hmm. and it's being done by Ossie. And we're just showing you an example there of how awesome uh, his art his style is. Yeah, that kind of so, beautiful, you know, just a few color pulp looks like you know the covers of those old pulpy magazine comics, not. Yeah. From, yeah. from that period. That's really yeah, yeah. Or even the 1930s talkies, right? Like yeah. the movies. And so. then if you uh, scroll a bit further down, the other yep. reward we're doing, so that's the physical map, which we're also yep. doing as well. And then uh, if you just keep going a little bit further, yep. we are selling um, grave plots in the old Arkham Cemetery. Just oh, that was this one right down. here, right? Yeah, that's the old Arkham Cemetery. Yep. And uh, the HP Lovecraft Historical Society, and that's some examples of their... Um, oh, here we go. That's some examples of their props that they've created. So the old Arkham Cemetery is in Arkham. 
and you can actually buy a grave plot mm. and have your own grave headstone and epitaph and that will be on this old arkham graveyard map so that's just a that is actually an, a, a real graveyard map i've got there but so to be also, to be clear you're not actually buying real estate in in a real graveyard correct this is all this is all virtual yeah. virtual <laughs> somebody's like that's where i want to get buried can i get yeah. a coffin to go with it yeah and uh you can even get a family mausoleum at uh particular backer levels that's and they're awesome also, they're also going to create a plot certificate so that you can say that you own this plot in the old arkham graveyard as well and that will look like an authentic document from the period and i can just see it now when my it comes in the mail and my wife's like when did you buy us a cemetery plot we haven't even discussed this yeah and i said no need for discussion baby uh the the chances of us coming back as a zombie is very high in this graveyard you know yeah this is a a life extension uh, strategy that 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 pledge level so everyone knows for the arkham burial plot if you can't see it uh is 666 dollars so. Oh, that's that is that's for one of the um the crypt pots. That's for the crypt. Oh, I think crypt. it's a lot. Oh. Long, I think it's I think it's like ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine. Okay. Right here. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was great that you guys had a six hundred sixty six dollar pledge level. I thought that well, was there it it was there was six hundred sixty six backers that you could be. So yeah, you know yeah. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, um, the HP Lovecraft Historical Society are helping us uh, create that map. And that's part of the reason why I'm in Los Angeles. I'm going to go and see them tomorrow. Oh, cool. Their amazing uh, headquarters in Glendale. And uh, we'll be talking a bit more about uh, designing the map. And uh, when I come back, actually, I don't have time now, but when I come back after Gen Con, I'm in L.A. for another couple of days, and I'll be visiting um, Good Time Society, who are the production company that are going to be doing this season. And that's oh, okay. Becca Scott's company, if you've seen any of Becca's videos. And mm-hmm. we just announced uh, we reached the $30,000 stretch goal, which was Becca appearing as one of those guest NPCs. So she is nice. going to come and sit down next to the keeper and play one of the parts. So before we get into some of the different pledge levels, because I think um, it was hinted in the video that there's a lot of cthulhu rpg uh associated rewards but yep. i want to talk about the cast a little bit um okay. that that we're looking at so um a i do want to i do want to point this out you guys were funded within like two hours of launching um, yeah we funded ten thousand dollars in less than two hours which is really cool yeah and we're now like three times that or more than three times that and uh the campaign's got another I think it's 10 days to go or maybe eight days to go. Yeah. It's very, very exciting. Okay. So um, obviously we have Mark Mir who's here, um, who's the keeper coming back. Um, But we have, uh, actually there's a better picture right here. So Patrick Logan, he played Mickey um, in bookshops of Arkham and did a, did a great job there. Um, You know, the whole time I'm thinking like, he's really good with that kind of, you know, mobster enforcer accent like he's really good with that like he doesn't it doesn't kind of fade in and out as you would expect it to you know like with um subpar actors like he's like really good with it um he, um he by the way 
has produced this most absolutely amazing fan film for really? Batman. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Oh, cool. Oh, it's incredible. He is—he was the director and writer of it. Um, I, 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 we'll, we'll do an update and make sure we have a link behind it because it is just just brilliant. Yeah. I'll, um, what we'll do is we'll put the link in this video um, for. Okay, it's actually on the Kickstarter okay. page. There, it's called Gordon a Batman Fan Film. It came oh, out nice. in February okay. this year. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely put it in here for our, our fans to check out uh, once, of course, they're done listening to the episode. But um, uh, so the other returner is uh, Lucia Versprill. Yep. Um, she was Judith in the uh, in the first season. <laughs> she she played an awesome kind of like sort of out there, you know, a, a little bit uh, not on this plane. Very uh, high character. occult skill, I believe. Yeah. 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 So she, you know, her first thing is like, she's like, I see ghosts, you know, <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is how we're starting. Great. <laughs> so so. Um, Lucia is the creator of um, the Islands of Sina Una, which is a campaign setting for D&D. Oh, okay. oh really? Wow. Yeah. And that's all about the pre-colonial mythology and culture of the Philippines. So, of course, she was very excited that I had visited the Philippines. Uh, that is very cool. That's yeah. very cool. Tell us a little about uh, Nora Ibrahim and Josephine McAdam. Okay, so uh, Josephine has actually been on uh, quite a few of our streams already on the stream of Chaos. Um, she's probably best known in actual play um, in L.A. by Night, which is um, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play show. Oh, cool. Where she played the Blood Witch Eva. Wow. And, uh, but people will have also seen her on the Dungeon Run. She's been on the Glass Cannon. She's She's been on quite a few different uh, actual play shows. And, yeah, we're really excited to have her come to be in uh, Graveyards of Arkham. I think she's going to be amazing in that. Awesome. And, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, and is... Noor is another person that has been in quite a few of our actual play shows as well. And actually, she was in L.A. by Night uh, as well and, and, and well-known for that. Um, she has also played in the, the Glass Cannon Network, have started playing Masks of Niall Athotep. Okay. And so she's one of the cast in that. So, uh, well, that'll, that'll be... Um, That'll be going for a while because they've just played through like the first chapter of it, and that took them several months. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited to have uh, Nora as a as a cast member as well. So we think we've got a really strong cast to be involved in this. The other great thing is that um, you'll be able to see um, Nora and Josephine are playing in a Call of Cthulhu live game we are doing at Gen Con next week oh cool. oh that's marvelous that's great yeah. with mark mir as the keeper no way wow. all right well yeah now we're gonna have to go fanboy on them sorry <laughs> i apologize in advance nora josephine and mark you know we're gonna have to go fanboy full fanboy yep so <laughs> so we're, we're pretty excited that uh we've got this amazing cast we've got the same writers that did the first season and we're working with the Good Time Society at their studio in Los Angeles. And uh, we've worked with 
Becca Scott and Jake Michaels, who uh, who own and run that studio uh, on quite a few things. So we know it's going to be a great show. It's going to be six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very confident we won't have to do an audio-only episode. <laughs> but if we have to, we will. That's um, right. And, you know, if this is a great success, you know, Maybe we'll do a third season. Awesome. But uh, yeah, we, they, think, we think we've really kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, making a show that people really like watching. And that includes old Call of Cthulhu hands as well as, as, well as people who know nothing about Call of Cthulhu. So I, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the writing of Bookshops of Arkham, and I'm so yep. glad that the writers are coming back. Honestly, like you watch a lot of media and entertainment today and you can lay a lot of things that you don't like about certain shows or movies on, you know, poor writing or, you know, tired kind of writing. Um, None of that ever existed in the bookshops of Arkham. I mean, it was it felt fresh. It felt like just such an integral story of the Lovecraftian universe. I mean, it was so Lovecraftian. You know, I mean, obviously Cthulhu needs to be Lovecraftian, but it was so Lovecraftian in everything that it did, you know, with with the different gods and the old gods and, you know, things that were happening. It's just like it was so great, um, you know, and and to tie it to like something as mundane as like bookshops to kind of the level of adventure that it was taking is just was so fantastic because I remember thinking like, bookshops of arkham okay i guess so but then as like the story evolves you're like oh bookshops of arkham i get it now you know and uh you know you're just like super invested in it so i'm really excited that they're coming back as writers because it was just i mean in terms of a plot like it was hollywood level like plot like absolutely oh, it was i so agree good. yeah so um belinda cornish and darren ormandy are the writers of it and Belinda also comes from a uh, acting and theatre background, mm-hmm. and is a working uh, actor and theatre professional. And Darren uh, actually works for Weta Workshop, who uh, you know does a lot of the special effects for That's amazing Peter Jackson's movies. Yeah. And, oh, cool. Uh, a lot of other movies. <clears throat> so uh, Darren's in New Zealand, and uh, Belinda is in Canada. Oh wow! Okay, but uh, we we hope to have uh, at least Belinda down for when we do the uh, filming of it in Los Angeles, which we we're going to do uh, in late September. Is it September or October? I'll have to check the date. But uh, and maybe even Darren, we can get him over from from New Zealand. But uh, you know, putting together a show like this is not cheap, mm-hmm. and. You know, there's different levels that you can do with actual play. If you just get everybody together on Zoom to play a game, that's not going to have anywhere near the cost of sitting right. people down in costume in a studio and bringing in guest NPCs and things like that. And that's why uh, we've gone to Kickstarter to see if we can help raise the funds to be able to make this show as awesome as 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 we can. So we're really excited that it's already reached its it reached its funding level very quickly. Yeah. But uh, let's, let's talk about some of the pledge levels for our, our okay. out there. 
Um, because I think that, that, like we said, there's some really cool bonuses at some, in my opinion, rather cheap levels as well, right? Um, normally, some of the rewards that you're giving out, you don't see those until like you get to like the $50, $60 range, and you're starting to see these at like the $20, $30 range, right? So yeah. um, as an example, the first, uh, the, the first one called the Freshman Pledge, it's $29. Um, and you get a couple of things. One, you get a PDF of the Call of Cthulhu starter set, which is amazing. We've already told you that this is worth every penny, right? Yep. Even if it's even if it's just a PDF, like it's still amazing, um, you know. And uh, you've got your keeper tips that help you. Uh, you got a PDF of the Arkham poster map that you have, and then you get credited in every episode of, of the show, right? And that's for $29. Yep. This, uh, the Call of Cthulhu set in its print form is $29 already. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty much getting that value already and you're back in the show, which is amazing. You also get the Keeper Tips book, which yep. is our book we released uh, on the 40th anniversary of Call of Cthulhu. And that's got collected wisdom about how to run the game from a whole lot of... Uh, creators and uh actually becca scott is one of them so there you go oh nice nice oh, very good wonderful and, now, if you, you, and yeah. you get the arkham poster map as well yes exactly now if if you already have the starter set and you're looking to branch out and that's kind of about your funding rate the pulp fiction pledge is basically the same thing with the arkham map and the keeper tips but instead of the call of cthulhu pdf starter set you get the pulp cthulhu um, uh, two-fisted action and adventure against the mythos PDF. So this is kind of like superheroes versus not really superheroes, but uh, more beefed up heroes against Cthulhu, right? So um, yep. it's the Pulp Cthulhu, which is a lot of fun as well. And then we have the Cowboys and Tentacles one, where instead of that, you get Down Darker Trails, which is our Call yeah. of Cthulhu set in the Old West. So which I I have been dying to play this one. So I'm from Nevada by the way, uh -huh. and, you right. know, the Old West is kind of in my in my bones. And so... Justin, um, we're both from Nevada. That's true. <laughs> but you're from Las Vegas. And, it's still and, in Nevada, man. <laughs> we're both in Nevada, yeah. So the 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 Old West is there, and I've been just dying to dying to play this game. So, um, you know, $31 is, is a great deal to get that in PDF along with the other rewards. Yeah, and then we have it $32 the private investigator uh, backer level, which instead has uh, three of our solo adventures instead. Yeah, which is so good. Again, like uh, Alone Against the Flame is the solo adventure that is the in the starter kit. So you have Alone Against the Dark, Alone Against the Frost, Alone Against the Tide, and all of these. Um, now, are these Miskatonic uh um, creations or these were these actual um, chaosium creations? No, no, these are chaosium ones. Okay, okay, yeah. So I have been um, I've been wanting to try these too. So I don't know which one I'm going to get. I don't know which one. Probably, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> All of and them, then, maybe. <laughs> and then uh, at uh, fifty dollars, instead, uh, we give you the fortieth anniversary keeper rule book. Yep. And the starter set and keeper tips and the poster and, and all the other stuff. The other cool thing is it doesn't matter what back level you're on, you can add the physical poster of both the map and the cast photo mm. 
And we just announced this actually about three seconds before I started talking to you guys. The next uh, announcement we did, we said, hey, we reached 30,000, so Becca's joining us. Plus, we're going to make the Arkham, old Arkham graveyard map is now a physical thing as well. Oh, cool. Oh, so if you buy a plot, you can have a physical map of the Arkham graveyard and see your own name. Yep. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, yep. I kind of, I kind of like that. Great. I think that's kind of cool. That's yeah. Great. Yep. People and, and so you, to that and, one. Yeah, and it, at at this level too. So you know, you kind of had around the thirty dollar range. Those four different packages. Um, so you also have like around this fifty dollar range. So that was the forty nine dollar one. The fifty dollar one is the alumnus, which is the um, keeper rule book, Call of Cthulhu starter set. Um, you've got the uh, Arkham official movie poster again. Um, the Arkham poster map, but you also get an invitation to a special Zoom Q and A with the cast, crew, and creators. Yep, um, which I think oh, is wow. pretty cool too. Yeah. So. Oh, and by the way, every backer level, uh, nine dollars and up, you also get your name in the credits of the show. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And then at ninety nine dollars, we talked about this. You get the. Um, the, the citizen pledge of the uh, Arkham burial plot. Yep. It comes with um, all of that stuff, plus the uh, basically the, the $49 um, uh, level, backer level. Yep. So, so essentially, you're tacking on $50 for your burial plot if you're, if you look at, you know, <laughs> there. So, like, I mean, why oh, not? With an like, epitaph. With an epitaph. With, exactly. Exactly. And, and you get to pick a headstone as well. Yep. Yep. Amazing. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking to HP Lovecraft about that tomorrow because HP Lovecraft Historical Society about that tomorrow because uh, I've been looking at old Sears catalogs because you used to be able to, on a Sears catalog, order your headstone, you know, by mail. I, I, I pity the poor postman. <laughs> With the up. satchel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now the the professor pledge is um, uh, you get the keeper rule book, the investigator handbook, keeper screen pack, all PDF, the Arkham poster map PDF, but you get the poster map as a physical one here um, as yep. well as well and, as invitation to the Zoom. And I, I don't want to be repetitive, but I think Michael said that as an add-on, you can always add yep. the physical poster. You and can, it, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what you back it, you can always order the physical poster, and the price includes free well it's not free postage you're paying for it but you don't pay so often in a kickstarter you pay your money and then later on when it's time to fulfill you get hit with a postage right charge with this one you pay that money you pay the 199 dollars or the 99 dollars whatever it is that's it you're done and it just gets sent to you yeah so so, you know, at the risk of getting too repetitive, um, you know, like we, there's there's higher levels of the Arkham burial plot that you can do, um, higher levels of the collector pe- pledges. I think that um, the difference with these between the lower levels is that you get all, you know, a lot of the stuff from the lower level, but you're starting to get the physical posters. You're starting to get the, you know, the yep. physical maps and things like that. And so, um, you know, you've got a physical um, cast photo in one of them that you can get, right? And so... Um, 
instead of just getting this all virtual, you're starting to see a lot of more phys physical stuff at the higher levels. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there's the old, this is, this is one that I do want to pull out. It's the Arkham burial plot, the old Arkham family pledge. So if you would like to be buried with your family in Arkham cemetery, <laughs> it's a $209 pledge limited to 66 backers. So, yep. yeah. So get it while it's hot, because if you want to be together forever and eternity and rise up together <laughs> as zombies one day, then, you know, this yep. is the plot. This is the pledge for you. So um, we talked about NPCs coming on for $4.99. You can name an NPC, which I think is amazing. Yeah, um, and you get all the other rewards. Yep. Then there's the family crypt. Yep. Yeah, so you, you get the whole mausoleum. Yeah. You get a whole I mean, you can put, like, grandparents and stuff like that in there, you know? Yeah, you can, <laughs> so. you can even design it with non-Euclidean geometry. It's all... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I... I do like this, the Cthulhu writing Q&A with the authors. I mean, again, um, you know, Belinda and Darren did such an amazing job with it that, like, this would be one that I would just absolutely love to sit down and just pick their brains and go through that. So yeah. what an op amazing opportunity for that. So there's only three backers that can do that at $850. So, yeah. Um, and I think this is the highest one. You no, got to oh, no, no. talk about the $4,000 one because that – is the one yeah. where you and three of your friends are invited to a three-hour one-shot game of Call of Cthulhu run by the enigmatic Mark Mir himself. Yeah. So the nice thing is it's you and three friends. So each, if each of you pony up $1,000, you got this. Hey. You know? Yeah. And you'll have to do paper, rock, scissors to figure out who gets the posters. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, let me go to the rewards because I think that it shows some of the um, stuff that was unlocked already. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that's actually where you go. Yeah, so what you can Start. do is uh, at any backer level, you can add the physical rewards as well. Yeah, cool. Yep. So this is um, this is a, a really great thing. Uh, one, one question that I had for you is, you know, you talked about like, that this is kind of expensive to make because it is like sitting the people down in one studio over a set period of time. How long does it, how long do you think it's going to take to record six episodes? Is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is uh, it no, we're, we're, we're going to get it done in three to four days. Okay. That's a long three or four days though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, but we're working with professional people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we, we, we'll have everything ready when it's ready to go. So, you know, we'll get it done in that time. Then there's a lot of time afterwards when you have to do the editing of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have a really good team to do that. So, uh, you know, the actual sitting down filming it is going to take three or four days. Mm -hmm. The whole production process of it is, is going to take... Uh, considerably longer than that a couple of months when you add in all the stuff we have to do beforehand to get it ready and all the stuff afterwards to get it ready for for release and now, yeah. yeah um so one of the things that i noticed um in bookshops was that um you had that partnership with roll 20 where yep. each of the um players had 
uh, an iPad with them or tablet um, in front of them. And they would use their tablet to roll, um, you know, for their thing. And it kind of showed off a little bit of the strengths of using Roll20 in a situation like that where, you know, you didn't. You didn't have to think about it. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to roll for brawl. And you just kind of hit that brawl button and it would roll it for you. And it'd tell you if you got a hard success, extreme success, like all, all of those types of things. Um, are you planning to use that same system again in graveyards? So we are currently talking to Roll20 and a couple of other okay. other VTTs that expressed interest in being the VTT partner, I guess you could say, Yeah. for this. But uh, at this stage, we haven't. Uh, finalized anything. Okay. Anything. I, I, I will say that I think that that approach was amazing. I know that Mark Mir, he would roll the dice. He has kind of a physical dice tray that he would roll sometimes. And he had sort of his laptop that he was uh, with the script and stuff on it uh, as well. Um, but watching the players be able to use it there, I felt like helped the story move along more quickly. They didn't have to flip on their character sheets about what they were looking for. Yep. Um, you know, they didn't have to, they didn't have to go around and then like um, roll the dice and do the math in their head about like, wait, was that a hard success or extreme success or, or, you know, yeah. Like and so that kind of just, that kind of just kept the narrative moving. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought it was a real strength. I also show. thought it was interesting because it showed how you can actually just use roll 20 sitting around, the, yes, the table. You don't actually all have to be playing there on online with each other. Yeah, I actually thought about that in there. I'm like, wow, like here they are using the technology, um, you know, right in front of them, rather and and together, rather than <laughs> on a Zoom call, you know. Uh, and so I thought that that was really interesting to see. Um, yeah, to to see how they incorporated that. So I thought it was, um, I, I thought it was a bit revolutionary in terms of actual play. Because, you know, it, normally what you see is essentially a Zoom call format with, you know, the dice being rolled on the screen, um, you know, with, with different things. And yeah. um, or or if it's an actual live cast in, or live play in a studio, they're rolling the dice in front of them and kind of referring to different sheets and things like that. So I just thought it really kept the story moving and didn't pull us out of the narrative that was being told in the moment because like you would get into some serious situations that were going on in there and just be really emotionally invested about what's happening. Oh, and then, yeah, you know, Mark Mir calls for a, 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 you know, sanity role. And the last thing I want to see do someone's like, wait, where's my sanity again? Like, what do I need to do? Right. Like they just did it. And they're like, I failed miserably. And you're like, Oh, let's see what happens here. You know? And so um, it just really kind of helped move it along. I thought it was great. So, yeah. Um, so, I guess the Ennies judges thought it was something special as well and nominated it for uh, best podcast. Yep. So, you know, fingers crossed it might get the nod at the Ennies. Uh, I hope week, so. Which, I, you know, we well, there's a whole lot of deserving uh, nominees, obviously, but uh, we think that uh, Bookshops of Arkham certainly did some some interesting things that perhaps had never been done before or not in the same in the same way so it's i think it's worthy of recognition and it's worthy of doing a new season to see if we can keep pushing the envelope in that way absolutely well we're excited for uh graveyards of arkham i my only regret is that it's not coming out sooner um with this and so we would love to tell all of our 
show listeners and 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 you to have you all tell your friends to go check out the Kickstarter Graveyards of Arkham. Find a pledge that is right for you and and right for what you want, and go ahead and back this because if you haven't seen Bookyard, uh, uh, sorry, um, Bookshops of Arkham, watch it tonight. And then go and pledge it because after the first episode, you're going to want to back this. So uh, go check oh, it out as soon you. as you can. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, yeah. I can just see there on the screen, we've got 11 days to go. So there you go. Yep. So, yep. Absolutely. So uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I've been messing around with Kickstarter while you guys have been talking. So. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, you, well, we'll pick out a nice crypto or, or plot for you. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm tempted by all of it. I'm tempted. That's right. So, but that's that's consistent with the with the genre, the uh, the, the being pulled in, being pulled into those other universes. Yeah, is, is always yeah. very good. Yep. So, thank you so much, Michael O'Brien, for coming on the show and talking and talking about Chaosium, talking about Graveyards of Arkham, talking about Bookshops of Arkham. Um, like we said, we're big fans, and and um, we're very grateful that you took your time out of your busy schedule to sit down with us and and uh help uh, promote this thing that is very much a worthy cause so we appreciate it very much thank you for the invitation all right and for all you listeners um of course uh we will have a link to uh the kickstarter in the description below as well as to um uh patrick's uh batman movie um which oh I, yeah I go watch it is it's just yeah. amazing I'll have to go check that out. Um, and of course, we have links to our Discord and Patreon. So if you are interested in supporting us, Patreon is the best way to do that. Uh, and if you're interested in connecting with us, Discord is the best way to do that. We've got a lot of folks in there. In fact, just the other day, we had someone asking about what's the best way to create social, uh, you know, social um, mechanisms in a role-playing game, right? And so we had a great discussion about that as well as uh, many other games that we have out there. So jump into Discord with us and uh, join the Beyonders that are in there. And for the rest of you, thank you very much for listening. And we hope that all of you have a great night. <laughs>